Episode 60, Convention Quest, 2015. Welcome once again, time travelers. Here we are, the three hosts of the comic book time machine. I'm Matt Anderson, and I'm joined by Daniel Butcher and Ben, Ben Avery. And I think tonight we have a pretty unique and fun episode, Ben. Tell everybody about it. I'm excited about this because uh, the roots of this comes from a convention weekend where uh, Matt and I were both at a convention in the same weekend. Daniel did not go to a convention that week, but weekend, but we do have a recording of another reaction by Daniel and Matt to a different convention that they went to together, I believe. Is that correct? Yes. I think you might want to call it a show, not a convention. Oh. Yeah, Two rooms. Show. Yeah, nah, that's, that's a con. But it, it con. was half cards, uh, half comics. What? Yeah, it was half, half cards, half comics. Hey, 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 don't knock the cards this time. No prints. Talking about some cards, my friend. No prints. We're yeah. talking about some cards. So I think what the setup will be is first, Ben and I will talk about some of our finds that we we got at this convention quest. Then Ben right, had, a, had some challenges going on there. Oh man, yeah, a four, the four dollar challenge, which will yeah. probably become an annual thing. Ben had an awesome idea to buy some mystery bags, so we'll talk about that. And then when we close out, I'll go over to another audio clip from Daniel and I on the road, just reflecting on a. A comic convention that we visited. So, and then after that, will be some audio where we have read some of the comics from our our blind bag there. Oh yeah, yep. And just kind of a reaction to what we found inside. But we'll talk about that when we get to it. But three parts to this episode, and yeah, I, I think it'll be fun because there's some fun stuff to talk about here, at least on my end. So, if you've got stuff, Matt, that's fun on your end. I do. I'm just so excited about some of the things I purchased, and I'm excited about that $4 challenge. I almost want to... Do you want to start with the $4 challenge? I have mine right on top. Well, you know, I had three things that could easily be my entry into the $4 challenge, but this was the setup is I said, hey, Matt, let's see who can find the best thing for under 4 bucks." And Daniel, are you willing to judge? I'm willing to judge, so I have something to do. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I'm going to just clean the office. Yeah. You have a brown paper bag that's been taped shut. It it is taped shut. I wonder and that's, what's in it. That's uh, you have something to do. Yeah. The, another cool thing about this is after the convention, knowing that we were going to do this podcast. So the convention that I went to was in early May, and here we are recording about two months later. I put yeah. <laughs> I put everything that I purchased into a box, and so I'm not positive everything. I mean, I'll remember it, of course, but I think I'm going to be a little bit surprised. As oh yeah, I got this cool thing too. So. Uh, I I was excited to do this episode just so I could start reading some of this stuff. Yeah, the only reason, honestly, that we're going to do this topic, even though it's two months ago, is because of this challenge and also the blind bag, and that's what makes this a, a weird and unique episode. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited, and I I found some cool cool stuff, and you know if I if I wanted to, honestly, these three things could all be my four bucks. Wow. These well, things. I'm only going to let you put one in there because I don't it's like cheating. The judge, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Don't make me disqualify you, Avery. I won't. I won't. So should I go first then? 
Yeah, dive in. I'll tell you the two things that I didn't choose. And the one thing that I am choosing, uh, I, one thing I am choosing is to tell my children to stop talking and being loud. <laughs> no, that's okay. Dropping dishes. <laughs> the fans I, like kids. I do not know what's going on out there. Maybe it's a Fantastic Four style slugfest. Maybe. It's clobbering like time. What Josh Trank is promising us. Um, okay, so I'm going to say the two things that I'm not included. And then, Daniel, I'm going to go ahead and I'm hoping that you can just sense the enthusiasm in my voice as I describe the thing that I think was my coolest find for under, three, under four bucks. So thing number one is I found someone who did fake He-Man comics. Now, Daniel, you know I've written some fake He-Man type comics, right? I believe my one comic book credit is tied to that. It is. It is. We, and that's my friend Tim Barron who draws these crazy characters, and they're inspired by He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. I write a story inspired by his character designs, and then he draws the story, and we do it Marvel style. You know, I draw the outline. He draws it. I write the outline, he draws it, and then um, I go back and script in the dialogue after he draws it. Well, because of that, he met this guy who is an artist, and this guy, um, he he drew these, and they're perfect. They are the exact size of a He-Man comic that would have come in your, you know, your He-Man toy, and it has little like crossword puzzles and mazes and stuff. But and then all it says is short comic story. But the reason why I would have put this in as a cool find is because it's uh, the mutant muck menace, warlords of war, the mutant muck menace, and it's Bognar, the swamp monster. I actually bought his ten dollar T shirt as well with Bognar on it. I bought all five of them, but they were only two dollars each. So there's there's the one that I would have done. The other one was for a dollar. I found. The entire set of the 1978 Battlestar Galactica collector's cards, including stickers. One buck. One dollar. And that was a huge find. But next to that, this is my thing, Daniel. This is so cool to me. <laughs> I, I want to be clear. I understand if other people think it's not very cool. But I this card set... It was next to the Battlestar Galactic one. It's called Jets, Rockets, and Spacemen. And it is a card set similar to Mars Attacks, where it's like kind of a story as you go through all, you know, 100 and some cards. But it's about sci-fi heroes. It's, it's Buck Rogers-style rockets, and they're like um, – it's just following their adventure. And it's supposed to be scientifically accurate as far as, you know, they could go – you know, but there's there's alien creatures. Each card is just telling the next part of the story. It was so cool. Whole set was a buck, and it's just I showed it to my friend Tim Barron, the the artist who I was talking about earlier, and it was just like this is so I don't know if inspiring is the right word, but it definitely I mean I love it because I I put them in card sleeves, and I so I have this little like booklet of all oh, these these quick little monsters attacking, and then the next card is how they defeat the monster. And then the next card, they're back on the rocket ship. And the next card, they're landing on another planet. And the next card, they're being attacked by a mist beast in, in the middle of space. So, yeah, that's, that's my coolest for me. Fine for under, under $4. Now, Ben, ben I'm worried. It's a comic. So, so, Daniel, here's my question. I, I'm worried. Oh, well, I'm going to let you submit it. But I'm worried that you don't understand how apples to apples works. 
I, I'm worried that you don't understand just how cool this is. Well, I, I think you started out well by choosing not to submit the Swamp Monster comic. But it's it's done because in the, you know the judge uh, wouldn't have yeah. liked it. It's done in the format of those. Yeah, movies. yeah, but you said Swamp Monster. But okay, okay, Matt, Matt, your turn. All right. Well, the first place I went when trying to find something for under four dollars that I thought would be pretty cool was a pile of what if comics. Now this convention, and I'll talk more about this later, but this convention. I think started something new in me where I just couldn't get enough of these what if comics. And so I found, I mean, in the course of looking for this $4 challenge item, I actually found a present for my friend, Daniel Butcher. It was what if daredevil joined shield. It's going to be part of his birthday present. Uh, I mean, that wasn't, but unfortunately it was over $4. So I couldn't count that. Uh, I found some other good what ifs that I'll get to later, but then later in the show I was walking around and I saw now, Ben, you remember when we were doing the Superman versus Spider-Man? Uh, yeah, ta- yeah. And you know how that's tabloid size? Mm-hmm. Well, I saw this Superman thing's tabloid size, and I was like, oh, this looks cool. This is perfect. It's called Superman and his Incredible Fortress of Solitude. All new, I have that. All new collector's edition. So, you know, in this tabloid size thing, this is the original I have here, original price 250 It kind of goes through what's in his Fortress of Solitude, but there's also an adventure along the way. Unfortunately, this was $5. <gasps> and I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? So I went over to the seller, and I was like, okay, here's the deal. I'm in the middle of a $4 challenge. This is five dollars. Would you be <laughs> Would you be willing to sell this for four dollars? Because I really want this to be my entry in the challenge. And he said, "Sure." So I bought it for four dollars exactly. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, Daniel. Oh no, that was five dollars. Never mind. Yep. And I think we all know that Matt's the winner because yeah, wait, wait, old... wait, what about uh, the Adventures of the Kool Aid Man? Dude, he negotiated. I'm. Yeah, he wins. Yeah, and negotiated. Clear. Cool story right there. Clearly, man, classic comic. And I can't wait to check out what's inside the Fortress of Solitude. It's a- it, maybe there's a giant penny. I know how you feel about giant pennies, Matt. Yeah. So I'm that is this. actually Matt. I can I can I can attest right now. That is a very cool find. Okay, awesome. Because I I have that. I got it cheap too. Really bad condition, like oh. my Spider-Man Superman one. But it's really neat. Yeah, this is in horrible condition. It is. It looks like somebody left it in a garage and it got wet and soaked it up into the cover. But it's not, in a, I mean, it's still readable. So there we go. So Adventure of the Kool-Aid Man doesn't count? I think I had that as a kid. Yeah, this is no, number two. As he battles the thirsties through time and on a camping adventure. I'm yes, pretty sure I had it number one. So, mm-hmm. I mean. Can I tell you guys some of what? Some Mad of still wins. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, maybe Ben, maybe you can be a winner too, and someday we can talk about this on the show. Okay, okay, we'll see. <laughs> I don't know if that really makes up for it. Oh, sorry. Uh, I want to talk about some of these what ifs that I got. I won't go into detail. I just basically, if I thought it sounded cool, I bought it. I was a little bit haphazard at this this convention. Do you mind if I just dive into a few and we can take turns, Ben? Yeah, sure. I mean, I don't have too much more other than I have something I've been looking for since I was ten. Oh, that's pretty good. Okay, let's save that. That sounds good. I got, uh, what if Captain America were revived today? Part one and part two. <laughs> Which today being 1991. Oh, yeah, whenever this... Uh, <laughs> not positive. Uh, oh, man, this is a really awesome one. It's uh, set after the Clone Saga with the Scarlet Spider who I like, and it's what if Scarlet Spider killed Spider-Man? 
So I thought that's not good. Uh, yeah. Let's see. What is this one? I, on the it's a what if, and the watcher is saying, "Stop! Don't buy this issue." And I I don't even know it. It just says what if, and I'm not positive what is actually inside. But I is that the one where he's wearing a dress? Uh, he's wearing. He looks different. He looks bigger than you. Not like giant, but like chubbier than usual for some reason he says if only i could violate my sacred trust and again meddle in human affairs i would save you from this the marvel universe has gone crazy and the alternate realities will never be the same again i think it's a humor issue i'm not positive yeah because i have one where he's it's it's what if and it's it's him wearing a dress and he's like acting all embarrassed that you're looking at him and he's um it's it's assistant editor's month no i have that one and it's not that one nope it's a different one uh, it's what if 34 you can check it out online this one I bought three copies of one for me one for Ben and one for Daniel it is what if Sergeant Fury had fought World War 2 in outer space <laughs> surprise Ben I have to mail you something <laughs> yay it says first Star Wars then Battlestar Galactica and now <laughs> this and it's Fury and Dum Dum Dugan on the cover in space and I've read it and it's pretty sweet yeah, that actually will fit nicely because I'm I'm pulling together the shield what ifs to do a special shield what if episode. Well, I reviewed it as a comic file at welcome to level seven dot com with the seven spelled out. Yep. All right. Yep. Now this was a really good find in a package of comics. It just has the label on what's inside on the outside of this package. So it says ten issues nine ninety nine. So I've got what if uh, the Amazing Spider Man had not married Mary Jane. What if Professor X of the X-Men had become the Juggernaut? And then I'll stop saying what if. I'll just go ahead and read you what it is. Uh, Loki had found the Hammer of Thor. Silver Surfer had not escaped Earth. X-Men had stayed in Asgard. Captain Marvel had not died. Archangel fell from grace. X-Men lost in the Inferno. Uh, Secret Wars 25 years later. Rogue. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, that's a real good one. Okay. Uh, Rogue featuring Nightcrawler, and what if Rogue possessed the power of Thor? All of those, <laughs> 10 bucks. Yeah, that's a good find right there. Uh, I talked about the Daredevil in S.H.I.E.L.D. What if Thor and the Avengers battled the gods? Uh, looks like... I don't know which god pantheon this is. It might be the Norse gods or it might be the Greek gods. What if Captain America had been elected president? I think that's... It for the what ifs. I have a lot of other things in here, but that's it for that. Okay, let me just say this. At the next convention, and I think I'll talk about this more at the end of the show, but the next convention Daniel and I went to, I found a bunch more good what ifs, and they're way cheaper. Like some of these I paid $3 for, $4 for, one I paid $8 for. Um, then this next convention I went to, every what if was only $1. And so I bought like 40 of them <laughs> because, I, because I realized... I love these so much, and I keep spending money on them. I might as well just get them while I can uh, when they're really cheap. And so, <sighs> all right, that's a let me take a break. Why don't you tell me some more things you found? Okay, well, I didn't find a whole lot. I mean, I, like I said, I had the those comics that were the Warlords of War. And this guy, I mean, these guys, I should say, they, um, they had five comics. They actually made action figures to go along with them. Um, and so they're, and they sold them for like $40 or something like that. Um, they also had a custom action figure that they made that was um, the Death Star's uh, priest. <laughs> and 
So it's like, you know, you know, cause you're going to have a chapel, you know, in a, in a battle station like that. And, but, um, yeah, they, that was cool. But what, here's the thing. I found a few things. I found that Kool-Aid man. I found a comic of sledgehammer. Do you remember that show? Yes. Sledgehammer. Um, it was, uh, I, I don't remember much about the show other than there was, uh, one where they ended after a crime and this Amish people, got the reward for catching the bad guys and they were going to buy a Porsche. And then the other thing I remember was him saying, remember guns don't kill people. Bullets kill people. That's all I remember about him. Oh my Lord. Sledgehammer. Who's on the cover? Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Sledgehammer number two, 99 cents on eBay. I have sledgehammer number one. You know what's on the cover? Satana. Oh, and he's saying his 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 line. Trust me, I know what I'm doing. Um, I I've heard a little bit about this comic. I believe that the people in charge of the show were actually involved in making the comic, but I I do not know much about it. And it, yeah, next issue is Sledge on the Edge with Spider Man. Um, yeah, but I I'm very curious, uh, and uh, I'm. I'm excited to read it, but I want to find out more about it. The other thing I got, I got that Adventures of Kool-Aid Man, but then I got this two-issue thing. They were like, I think it was $1 per issue, and it was a Lois Lane two-part story. And, oh, two issues, I'll, I'll get that. And I went back to my table, and I was sitting down next to Tim Barron because we had tables next to each other. And he said, show me what you got. And I showed him the cool thing I'm going to talk about later. And I showed him Sledgehammer and Kool-Aid Man. He thought, oh, that's funny. And I showed him the Lois Lane thing. So he opened up the Lois Lane stuff and he's looking at the two issues. He says, Ben, this looks like quite possibly the most boring comic ever. And I was like, oh, it can't be that bad. Okay, so there's not a lot of action and not a lot of monsters. Because that's, you know, that's what you know, lights Tim up. You know, Tim loves monsters. And he loves, you know, cool sci-fi fantasy art and, and swamps monsters. He's, he's on, on not quite the same page as me. But he's close. You know, he's, he's a fan of Swamp Thing. And um, he's been, this is, looks like the most boring comic ever. So I got home. A couple weeks later, I pulled him out. I was doing some bedtime reading. And I read these two Lois Lane issues. And I had to text Tim and say, Tim, uh, you were right. These comics probably are the most boring comic ever. Um, it's, a, it's an after-school special type of thing. And it came out after crisis but it's actually set in pre-crisis continuity and it's all about lois dealing with superman breaking up with her to uh to date uh lana lang and so she's all grumpy about that and then her sister comes and she's all grumpy about her sister because her sister's an airline stewardess and kind of a screw up or something like that and then they find a dead child and the whole thing is then about how she's tracking down the story about child abuse and running away and uh, child kidnapping and all these kind of things. And there's three pages of text from the writer talking about, you know, how they became aware of child runaways and, and kidnappings and stuff like that. And it's terrible. It is awful. It is agenda writing at its worst. I, I couldn't believe what I was reading. Um, it just, it was so bad. It was so bad. Not that, even, yeah, that doesn't sound good. Not even bad enough that I can, like, hey, let's laugh at this because it's about like kids getting kidnapped and murdered. <laughs> yeah, that's horrible. I can't do a funny, 
anything. Sure, you, you've made torture funny over at WelcomeToLevel7.com, but you can't I've made do... torture funny. I've been taken out of context in that regard. I, yeah. But here's the find that I did really enjoy being able to find. There, I, I like science fiction anthology books, and there was one that was advertised in comics when I was, I, I, want, I, I say 10, but actually it's probably closer to 7 or 8, um, because I'm looking at the issues right now, and they're from 1980. But it was called Time Warp, and I never, ever, ever got a chance to um, read them as a kid because they're a dollar comic you know, in the 80s. And you're just not buying those, you know, because it's, it's science fiction stuff. You're buying superhero stuff, you know, when you're, you know, in elementary school. You're not buying these anthology books. But when I was at my, the, the uh, toy store that's two blocks away from my house, the vintage toy store, he had Time Warp Comics. Um, they, they did five issues. He had issue two, three, four, and five for a buck each. So I bought them because I was like, oh, finally. But it was issue one that was advertised in those old comics of mine. It was issue one that I remember because this guy, there's this creepy, like, blobby monster attacking this man and this woman, and they're both blasting it. You know, it's very, very sci-fi. And I was like, oh, I remember seeing ads for that. And so I found that issue one when I, was, I wasn't looking for it. I just was flipping through comics real quickly, you know, as I stepped away from my table to go to the bathroom, and then on my way back to the table, I'd stop people's booths. And there it was, issue number one, five bucks. And I'm like, I'm... No, it was eight bucks, and the guy gave it to me for five. Uh, I didn't negotiate down. He just said, you can have it for five. Um, and it wouldn't account for the contest anyway. And inside, I'm reading it. I'm like, oh, my goodness. There's pictures in here that I've seen before. I recognize these. And it's, it's a bunch of short stories, and they're really good, and they're drawn by you know, sci-fi com- you know, comic art guys like um, Kaluta, I think, is in there. No, he's not. Bob Rosakis wrote some stuff. Paul Levitz wrote some stuff. I think, well, I'm not going to worry about that right now. But anyway, then later on I was reading another comic, and it had the ad that I remember seeing when I was a kid, and it had little images from the comic in there. So it was kind of this weird sense of deja vu as I was reading through it. Like, I, I, know, these, I know these creatures, you know, or I know this, this image right here, and it's, it's because I had read it so many times as a kid in that ad and seen those little images of those, those creatures and stuff. And then when I got to them in the book, it was a sense memory. It was really a cool, cool experience. It was like going into a time warp, maybe using a, you know, comic book time machine to go through a time warp. But that was the name of the book, Time Warp, Doomsday Tales and Other Things. Eight all-new science fiction thrillers. So very exciting find for me. Very exciting. That's cool. I like the personal touch there. Yeah. Uh, but it's count toward any kind of contest or anything. But. Daniel, why don't you talk a little bit about some of the finds I found for you? Well, I got Secret Avengers 1, 3, 4, 5, 6, but not number 2. <laughs> sorry. <sighs> so, I, I, so excited. I looked for it. Not I, number I 2. Found it. I tried. I'm sorry. <sighs> I had to go to a comic book store and get number 2 out of their bins. I, I like how this conversation just went. Hey, Daniel, why don't you talk about some of the books that I got for you? Well, 
I've read number one. Been wanting that someone went out of their way to find for me. Yeah. <sighs> Only thirty more to go. Is that really how many issues there are in that run? Um, I want to say there's at least thirty-five, and I've got seven, and then the like the last four. So a good start. Nice, and not to mention that what if. <laughs> Um, yeah, that what if, which is great. I've read it before. I reviewed it. Welcome to level seven.com. Cause I'm a company man. It's good stuff. Isn't it though? It's great. I love it. I'm going to reread it before it goes in the box. I read it is not a physical comic before, but read it back when I had ultimate. So, <sighs> but yeah, the most exciting part was texting Matt, trying to get him to fill out my list. So I've decided that from now on, Matt's going to get a list from me. All right. You know what's going to be at the top of that list next time? What? Secret Avengers number eight. Oh, you're going to wait, huh? Aren't you going soon? <laughs> When's the next one? October? You don't have kids, man. You're a man about town. Oh, you're talking about just the regular comic shop. Yeah, whenever, well, no, whenever you're running around to these comic shows, don't you go across America? You, you free yeah. from your children? You don't have kids, man. I do have that kids. What you have doesn't count. Oh, wait, you do! <laughs> You forgot that I have a baby? <laughs> she doesn't like me. <laughs> oh, What's wrong with you? Kids love me. Oh, man. That got weird. She, do- she doesn't like... Sure, she likes the manager of the burger place, but not me. That's actually a real story. Ben, we went to a restaurant up here called Smash Burger, and uh, my, my baby... there, just from the name. My baby girl, who was seven months at the time... Was not a fan of Daniel, but loved the person that served us the food. <laughs> nice. The only good thing that came out of that trip was getting my Secret Avengers comics that I was so excited about. All right, all right. All right, let me tell you a few. And seeing that. Let me tell you about a few of the Jonathan Hickman things I've, I have uh, bought at this show. So I've been following his Avengers run and new Avengers run. I'd say pretty. I've been very devoted to him. I also in the past have read his other series called shield but it's not the shield you guys are familiar with it was sort of a it's what if shield was a secret society for years hundreds of years if not thousands and you've got news about that well there's news about it yeah well let me tell you let me tell you about uh what i found and then you can tell me the news so i I have the first hardcover and then i know they started doing other issues but he never Uh quite finished it so i've never been able to read the second and final hardcover or collection, I should say. So I finally found these issues. They were a little bit, I mean, not spendy, like hundreds of dollars. I, instead of spending like two or three, I spent maybe four or five on a few of these issues. Um, are you going to follow up with they're about to release them in a collection and I could have just waited? No, no. I'm going to follow up with, well, part of that. But here's what I'm going to follow up with is they never, they finished the story. But the last two issues were never published. Do you know and why? And they're going to be publishing those last two issues in, in the next year or so. Okay. Maybe less than that. So the funny thing is the the first six, which I have collected already, I think they came out in 2009 or 10. And mm. then what I'm holding in my hands right now is S.H.I.E.L.D. Infinity issue. And then they have S.H.I.E.L.D. And they started the numbering over in 2011. One, two, three, four. And I'm guessing you're saying there's a five and a six still to come yeah. out. Yeah. So I've I've been wanting to read these. I really enjoyed what I read in the past, and so I figured, all right, I'm just going to drop some money and finally be able to read uh, the almost conclusion to this story. Yeah, because they were talking about n- how they probably would never collect these now because 
they don't it's not a complete story but he, you found them at just the right time matt because in the near future they will be releasing those last two issues of okay, shield that's really good news yeah i mean these are by the time those other two issues come out it could be almost five years since the uh the first run came out so yeah so i'm excited about that and then also um there are a few avengers issues i missed uh in jonathan hickman's run during the original sin event because i i didn't want to read the tie-in issues because i hadn't read original sin yet but then i found out that they didn't they only tied in slightly so i picked those issues up and then just for the cover i know ben it's not a variant cover you may not agree with this but there's one particular cover I kind of like, uh, and I could see myself possibly displaying this. It's New Avengers issue number, what do we got? Eleven, I think. Yeah, issue eleven. I, for some reason, this cover has always sort of stuck out to me. So for two bucks, I picked up the issue just so I could have it and maybe display it. Maybe. Oh, two bucks—that's nothing. That's yeah. No, that's not the—that's not my problem with covers and, and variant covers and stuff like that. Hey, what that's are, not Daniel money, Matt. Hey, what that's are, another conversation to have. It's $8. One other thing. Uh, speaking of Original Sin, I loved the main story, but I hated a lot of the tie-ins that I read. And the actual collected version has a bunch of tie-ins that I didn't really like that much. And so I decided I'm just going to buy the issues, have them around instead. So... I'm trying to collect all those, but I couldn't find all of them. There's, It's eight parts. I have issue now one, two, four, six, That's and eight. like Daniel stuff, man. Yeah. So I, I have to find some more of these issues sometime. And then hey, I, and I get Original Sins number five. Matt got me that, too. Yeah. Oh, well, that one. I, I had to pick up that because. Dugan. Yeah. Talk about that. Well, it's got a fantastic Dum Dum Dugan story in it. It's heart wrenching. Of every tie, I just mentioned all of them were horrible. This is the only good one, so I bought that. Yeah, too. the original Sins Dum Dum Dugan story is fantastic. And then Daniel told me I should buy the annual. I mean, it's rare, uh, it's rare that an event will have an annual, but I got Original Sin Annual Number One. Haven't read it yet, but Daniel told me it was good. So if it sucks, Daniel, this is on you. Hey, it's back when I loved Woodward McCord. You don't like him anymore. I'm okay with him. And they his, haven't done anything good with him. His jingoistic, pro-American, you know, anti-Russian, med aliens viewpoints. Ben, I have two other sets of things I want to talk about, but it won't take very long before we get to the bag. How much do you have left? I'm done. Because here's the thing. When I go to a convention... I'm going to sell comics. Like that's oh, the only reason okay. I go to conventions. I don't go to conventions as a, um, as a uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. A buyer. As, yeah. Well, as as a as a as a fan as a, as a goer, you know, I, I go as as a, a artist as a creator, um, because that's part of my bread and butter. And so, um, yeah. So I, I I can't spend a lot when I go. And like that ten dollar T shirt that I had that I bought, uh, I had to wait until I actually sold the graphic novel. I was like, okay, I want to get this, but I'm gonna make sure I sell at least one graphic novel before I buy it, and you know, one one more for the day kind of thing. And sold one, so I bought a T shirt. You know, so so I'm I'm done. All right, I, I, I'll rush through these last things. I I, I per- hear the stupid find that I had, which was next to Battlestar Galactica. There were Babylon Five card sets that I bought, and I don't even know why. I just did because they were a dollar each. Yeah, why not? <sighs> yeah. Uh, well, anyway, the last thing—the last <laughs> thing I purchased. So I've been following uh, Miles Morales and the Ultimate Universe, and I kind of like that Ultimate Spider-Man storyline. But I had never read what's called Ultimate Spider-Man: The Death of Spider-Man Fallout, 
which is the first appearance of Miles Morales in there. And so uh, that hardcover was on sale, and I've actually been collecting most of the Miles Morales stuff in hardcover, so it fits nicely on my shelf. So I bought that for 10 bucks instead of the going rate of twenty four ninety nine. So I thought that was a pretty good deal. And finally, because it was a show, I was one of the first people in line. They gave out bags just like free comic book day. And inside those bags, I had um, Mighty Avengers by Bendis Volume 4 for free. I got Spider-Man Maximum Clonage Omega number one from the 90s. I got Morbius the Living Vampire versus Spider-Man issue number three from the 90s. I got a Wolverine issue from the 90s, Wolverine 63. And now from modern day... Green Lantern, New 52, issue number 31, and Future's End, number three. All free. That last group of comics, all free. That's fun. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. And that, and now my box is empty, except for this bag. <laughs> the bag! The bag. So issue, or rather episode, I think, 59 of Comic Book Time Machine, I opened up a similar thing to what we're talking about here, and I teased that we were going to be doing this. At the convention... I found this guy who has a comic shop and he had four or five long boxes of brown paper bags and three comics in each bag. I can't remember the price. If it was three for a dollar or if it was a $3 thing, I think there's each three, $3 each, but, um, three comics inside. He said there's some comics in there that are worth $75. There's like eight comics that he just mixed in that were worth $75. Don't get your hopes up. I mean, we're talking eight comics out of like 150, no, maybe more like 300 comics. But. Oh, man, I feel like it's in here. So here's the deal. They are brown. They are they're packaged. Uh, I have no idea what's in here. But we each got one. I numbered them, one, two, three. And then I sent a text to Daniel and Matt and said, choose, choose a number between one and three. Matt chose a number. Daniel chose a number. And I took the leftover. So I have bag number one. I don't know, Daniel, Matt, what two. bag you got. I, I got two. I have three. And it doesn't really matter because they're, they're, we don't know what's inside. So, right, yeah, so we're going to open them live and we're going to say what came in there. Who wants to go first? One. Daniel, you sound one. excited. Let's go huh? in order. Number one. One. Okay. All right. I'll start then. So I'm opening the bag right now. And I got... <laughs> okay. I got four. What? I got four in here, but Man. Uh, two of them I already own. <laughs> okay, what are they? They are Ultra Monthly, number one and number three. Ultra Monthly is a comic series that came out with the Ultraverse that were like, um, what if... Oh, man. It's like a, a magazine that was actually published within the universe. And so there's actually in, in one of these... Yeah, I don't know if it's in one, if it's in this, this one or the next one. Yeah, it's a, a point counterpoint about um, whether heroes should be registered or not. From 1993, wow, way before Civil War, way before. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, but anyway, um, yeah, this is a, it's an in-universe magazine, and <laughs> that's funny. I already have these, but the others are. Let's see. IDW, Peter S. Beagle's A Fine and Private Place. Peter S. Beagle is the writer of The Last Unicorn. So I'm assuming this is some sort of fantasy thing. All right. And then the other, the final book is Images Union, guest starring Fairchild, which is a name I've heard before. 
Fairchild is. So we're going to take a break when we uh, are all done opening these, and I'm going to choose one of these to read. Oh, only one? or oh. I might even read both The Union and Find a Private Place, because I've already read those Union books, or those uh, Ultra books. But, yeah, okay. That's funny. Bag. I got four. <laughs> Jeez. Nice. Humble brag. Okay. All right, bag number two. I got uh, three. <laughs> uh, what you got, Daniel? Oh, man. I got Star Trek. What? I got Star Trek. What'd you get? IDW Star Trek number 42. Uh huh. It's from the five year mission, The Behemoth, part two of two. Okay. It's the movie cast. The new movie cast. Why do you sound so depressed tonight? <laughs> well, because it's it's part one. Where's I don't Daniel? This is free for you, man. I had Star Trek. <laughs> I got a free gift that I hate. <laughs> Isn't that my mode tonight? You're like Eeyore. And then I, oh man, I got Alan Moore. <laughs> Crossed one hundred. Number four. Oh man, you guys know how I feel about Alan Moore, right? I don't. Oh, there's nudity in this. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's some graphic, graphic nudity in this. Oh man, I am Daniel's bag. <laughs> I. All right. So next, this is this is like porn, dude. Well, don't. You don't have to look at it. Don't read. Don't pick that one to read. Let's all just read one. <laughs> and then the infinite loop number one by a guy that I've never heard of from IDW. I think that one. I've heard of that one. That's the one you should read. Well, it's from April 2015. Do it. Uh, um, let me let me just. It's a number sure one that. issue. That's a good. That's a good one to read. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um. <laughs> Destroy the other one before your children see it. Okay, so I can destroy cross when you should destroy too. <laughs> I can destroy crossed. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Do wow. Okay. Okay, Daniel, Daniel. Daniel, put it away. <laughs> wow. Apologies. There was <laughs> uh, Let me why, why don't I open wow. mine? Um so I have a feeling I'll be mailing the Star Trek to Ben, but Oh, this is getting weird, Daniel. So Ben don't, got five yep. comics now. Don't mail the other one. I will allow you to. I'll keep the Star Trek one, Daniel. Just give it to me. Give it to you? Yeah. Okay. All okay. right. I'm going to open up my bag. Here we go. I'm pretty pumped. I hope he gets cross number one, <laughs> two, and three. <laughs> I'm kind of excited to get, see what's in here right now. All right. Let's see. What we got okay. Here. Let's see. Well, I, th I have three. Uh-huh. Yeah, all of them. okay. Wait a second here. Uh, none of mine are by the from the big two. I've got uh, right on top a Christian comic distributor called Calvary Comics. Have you guys heard of this? Yeah. What is it? Uh, it's Glory to God number one. No way. We got, we got written by Ben Avery. <laughs> no, no, it's written by uh, Alec Alec uh, Stevens, I think. 
It's got Jesus walking on water on the yeah, cover. Yeah, I've got a handful of copies here in my office. It's all black and white, though. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that's there's, that there's only two issues of that series. But, yeah, he only believes in true stories. And so he... It, he won't do fiction, but those are all like there's. A, it's an anthology book by one person. So all right, and yeah. on uh, the other side of the spectrum, <laughs> we've got uh, something from Broadway comics called Fatal. There is a girl on the cover dressed wildly inappropriately, and in I'm flipping through the pages here, and it looks like the inside is much the same, not not porn like Daniel's. Thank goodness. Don't you need this? Because it's Alan Moore, and someday you're going to do an Alan Moore episode, right? Uh, no, you can. I don't need that one. Uh, this is, but this is written by, oh my gosh, Jim Shooter, Janet Jackson. <laughs> I'm not kidding. What? Yes, this is. I, let me see what year this is from. 1996. Yeah, this is written by Jim Shooter, Janet Jackson, Joseph A. James, and Pauline Weiss. So is the character based on Janet Jackson, or are we talking about a different Janet Jackson here? I don't know. Uh, it's this is not an African American character, so I, I don't I, I don't really know what the, the so it's not like a you know when a when a movie star says do a comic that's about me only I'm a superhero. Yeah, it's not that. It's not that. Okay, this is issue number two. I'm trying to see if there's any summary of who this person is, but doesn't there's not a previously on. Yeah, so that's the second one, and third and finally, this is image. Uh, I've never heard of this, but it's called Profit, issue number one, from their Extreme Studios uh, imprint. Uh, yeah, see. I remember that. Yeah. I never read it, but I remember it. That was a. Uh... This is from 1993. Creator, writer, and layouts by Rob Liefeld. Nice. Pencils by Dan Panosian. So excellent. I, I don't know which one I'll pick. I'll probably pick either Glory to God or Profit. I mean, I almost feel like I have to go with Jesus. How do, you, how do you turn Jesus down? This is the episode where we reveal just how conservative we really are. Yeah. <laughs> so there's those are my three. All right. Well, thanks for thanks for that, Ben. I think that's a fun little thing we could do. I think it'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks for the porn, Ben. I that I apologize for. <laughs> I am I am sorry about that. I laugh out of um, you know that embarrassed laughter of you know what i mean well, i so, think that just i'll be honest i think it pretty much just put the nail in the coffin when it came to my thoughts on alan moore just saying so i think what's oh. next is we'll hit some music we'll go to daniel and i talking about some, another comic convention then we'll hit the music again and all three of us will be back to talk about one of the comics we just opened is that right ben yep yep that sounds good all right and that'll wrap this episode up then daniel so. can you give us some middle of the episode words to send out uh, send us out for tonight be safe kids don't read porn that's not we don't really want to go there do we <laughs> i don't think we want to go there uh ben throwing it to you <laughs> uh uh I, i'm speechless. i mean i mean i guess not that we don't disagree with daniel <laughs> i'm not trying to say he's giving bad advice it just seems like is that really how we are those no, the last words? We want to go out that way. Let's let's uh all right, all right. Be safe, kid. Be safe, kids, make good choices. But we're gonna say that again at the end. There's nothing in the episode. Okay, so throw it to me. Throw it to me. Uh Ben. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh we'll see you in a see you in a few. <laughs> and uh you know, we're we're uh it'll it'll be a day or two between now and then for us, but it'll only be about ten minutes for you. So 
if we repeat something we've said before, then please forgive us. Hello, time travelers. Say hello, sir. Hello, everybody. We're currently in the mobile time traveling machine after going to a uh, little uh, comic book day. Little, uh, not free comic book day, but uh, buying some comics, sir. Yeah, it was a convention, a small one, really small. I had low expectations, and a part of me was thinking I'd just skip it, but I called you yesterday to check and see if you were interested in going. You said no. I was absolutely not interested in going. And so then this morning, I was telling my wife, I think I'm going to swing by there. I probably won't be gone too long. I'll just be alone, quickly walk around. But little did I know that Daniel was going to call me and text me approximately 10 times this morning to try to get my attention. Well, that's because, Matt, you opened poorly. What you did do is yesterday you said you want to go to this small comic book and card show. I'm not sure it'll be very exciting. What you didn't mention is that uh, one of my favorite artists, Paul Palatier, was going to be there. Right, and I didn't know that he was a favorite artist of yours. Dude, he's on Aquaman. Nor did what I, was on Aquaman? Nor did I know he was even there. <laughs> so... That I overlooked that. I'm sorry. Yeah, so you really need to learn to do your research so you can open a little bit stronger. Well, I basically thought this might be a good place. Because, you know, we went to a convention together. No, wait, did you go with me this last? No, I haven't gone with you for a year. Okay. The one I went to back in May. So we're recording this in late June. Uh, the one I went to back in May was fun, but... There's not like when I listen to other comic podcasts, people talk about in half a mile, pens. turn left to merge onto I 35W oh. North. GPS is on. So the yeah, so they talk about fifty cent bins and dollar bins and even quarter bins. And most of the time here in Minnesota, the lowest I've seen is two dollars. So I thought maybe this convention might be a place where we'll be able to get some cheap comics, which would have been fun. And that's exactly what I found. But the cheapest I found. Were dollar bins. How about you? What's the cheapest you said? Uh, I think I spent 50 cents on something. Okay. I'm pretty sure I spent 50 cents on a few things. Okay. And and I I'll be honest, I actually had thought about spending like 350 at one point on a bag that had Millennium in it. Uh-huh. Because of Mark Shaw's in it. And I only have like one of the Millennium miniseries. Uh, except there's eight issues of Millennium and both bags uh, had seven issues. And for some reason, I just Whoa. couldn't bring myself to spend $7 to get, you know, Not the full most of Millennium. Yeah, I noticed that there's a few things where we saw full runs except for the last issue, but, you know, it's probably one of those cases where there was just a low print run for the last issue. But it's a mini. Yeah, sorry. I'm you would have thought. You. Okay, let's get to the good stuff. So here's what happened for me. When I go to these conventions, like I mentioned, back in May, I had checked out uh, some of the different bins, and I, I really like finding an old what-if books because I kind of have a hard time I don't know, I have a hard time buying older comics that uh, if I know that you and I could just get them at the library and I could read for free so I don't want to spend too much uh, but what if for some reason... Dude, you have an entire short box in your lap! Just let me keep talking for some reason what ifs sort of are my way of breaking that rule because they, they're standalones uh, I don't, I mean I'm sure they do exist in collections but it's still kind of fun just to have the actual issues and so back in May again, now I'm not sure what we're, we might put this recording at the end of our convention talk with Ben, so you might know this already, but uh, I bought a bunch of What If comics back in May, and I paid all sorts of weird prices, like uh, What If Daredevil Joined S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm, I paid $8 for, and just now I found it for $1. Uh, That's crazy! I, th I paid like $5 for, maybe it was 4 
for what if Captain America was elected president? And just now I saw it for one dollar. So I was kicking myself here, and then I saw a bunch of what ifs that sounded interesting, and some that sounded, I'll be honest, just mildly interesting. But for one dollar, I was thinking, I'm just gonna go all in. So it's not full short box, but I, I did buy, uh, I don't have the exact number, because I spent $43 at that $1 place, but I got a bunch of what ifs, and then uh, the five issues that make up Spider-Man, where Peter Parker met Miles Morales for the first time. I've actually read that and own it in trade, but I thought it's kind of fun to have that in issues. It's one of the best Ultimate Spider-Man stories out there. There it is. So, I did break my rule about if I have it in a collection. I don't usually buy the single issues, but I thought for five bucks, you can't go wrong. So that's what I have in my, my lap right here. Five issues of Spider-Man and a slew of what-ifs. You're crazy, man. I know. I mean, some of them I bought even just for your sake. Like, I know on the show you're covering Evolutionary War, so I figure once I'm done listening to you talk about it, I can read what if the Avengers had lost the Evolutionary War. And in 2019, I'll probably buy a copy and finally be able to record on that. Or you can just borrow mine. Or borrow yours. Mine, mine's a reader copy. Well, there you go. I probably made a mistake. Because <laughs> besides this $43, I spent $3 on a Paul... Paul Politeer standalone others issue, so Aquaman and the others. Uh, Which I was, I forgot that he drew that. So I total in total I spent forty six dollars plus the five dollars entry fee, which came with a a bag that had one comic in it, and it was some random secret defenders issue. Yeah, no, actually I think there's two oh, because the bags that we got let me see. had a free comic book day comic. Um, both of them had Teen Titans Go, the two bags that I had. And then one had a Fearless Defenders from back in the day, like a, a 90s Fearless Defenders. And then a, another one had a copy of Ivar Time Walker, which I threw over to you because I actually have that in trade. Oh, yeah, I do have two here. Okay, what I got? Oh, man, Deadpool's right on the cover there. Secret Defenders, Deadpool, or featuring De- Deadpool and Cable. Oh, look at you! And then I've you got, got Captain America Reborn, one of five from a limited series. Very. See, you made out like a bandit. Okay, that's good. I got a Sammy Sosa rookie card, 1990 Fleer, in my pa- my pack of cards. Oh, I have. Yeah, I got the, I got some 1990 baseball cards also. So, all right, I'll try to figure out my total here. So, 43 at that place, then plus the three dollars, so 46, plus the five, so we're at 51, plus the two dollars I spent spent on original sin issue number zero, 53. I think that is all. Alright, what did you spend? So, uh, wow, I do, I'm pretty sure I didn't spend it near as much as you. I also didn't walk out with as much as you. Um, so, I uh, brought with me uh, my copy of the first Jeff Parker slash Paul Pelletier Aquaman collaboration um, because I already had it signed by Jeff Parker. So, now I have it signed by Parker and Pelletier. Here's the sad irony of it. Last year when we went together, I picked up the Parker, the issue, yeah. and got two copies signed, one which I sent to Ben. So my copy is now double signed, and his is just one signed. Oh, man, that is sad. And then I also got him to sign my uh, trade of Aquaman Throne of Atlantis. Let's be honest, the premier Aquaman storyline for the Jeff Johns room. So now Jeff Johnson is, just needs to come to our local shops, and, and then I'll be I'll be awesome. I'll get that signed, yeah. And then it'll be it'll be priceless because he often comes to the Midwest, right? He's a Midwest boy. Is he? 
Yeah, he is. He's okay. from like Michigan. I'm sure he'd love to set himself up in an armory somewhere, you know, just like Pelletier did. You know, I, I think, you know, I'm having sort of like a, not buyer's remorse, but I'm kind of like walking through. Is it okay that I just spent $50? No, here's what I'll do. I'll just start a what if podcast. <laughs> what if? Well, I think you should. <laughs> or maybe. Or drop them in the comic book yeah, time machine. Yeah, them here. I mean, I have too many issues of what if now. What? You and Ben need to collaborate because you both love the what ifs. I do love them. They're. This was the first, well, you know, it's the first comic I ever bought was a what if, so. There, there you go. All right, keep going, sorry. So, I, I bought, and then from him, so you're going to have to do the math from me. I spent $3 because I bought an Incredible Hulk from 1993. So $6. No, three. Three so far. Three of them? No, I just bought one. Okay. And he signed it. Okay. Um, but he did the backup in that. But it's got Nick Fury on the cover. And you, you pointed it out to me, and I was like, dude. So now I've got a Paul Pelletier signed copy, a comic book with, with Nick Fury in the cover. I don't think he did the cover, though. Um, then I have... Um, I spent $2 a piece on two different S.H.I.E.L.D. number one variants that I didn't have. Um, one of which has got, like, Groot, like the Guardians of the Galaxy in, La- in, La- in Lola with uh, good old AC. And then one that's got, like, the women of the Marvel Universe... And it has, uh, it's got like May and then a whole bunch of other female superheroes. Uh, I didn't have that one either. So that, so not seven. I bought four issues of Secret Avengers, the uh, volume one, at a buck a piece. Uh, you know, I just realized I stopped paying attention to the number wise. I stopped counting. So, okay, so, so I, I was at seven last time. So I'm up to eleven. Okay. <laughs> Um, I bought two issues of Marvel Team Up. This is where I spent my big money. They were four bucks a piece. So I'm now up to $19. Okay. And... $5 entrance fee, $24. $24. Spent $5 on an R2-D2 minifig. $5. So $29, but that wasn't for me. Okay. May honestly be it. So you did you definitely spent less than me. I just remembered another thing I purchased. Now this is totally based on on recommendation. I when I listen to different comic podcasts, often Ed Brubaker's name comes up as a great writer. I haven't read a lot by him, but I saw the first issue of his comic called Velvet. I think it's a spy look. Kind I of think spy. I've heard about that as a spy book. Okay, so I bought Velvet one that also so that forty three dollars I mentioned includes Velvet number one. Just because okay. it was there, I was like, well, whatever, a dollar. So there it is. There it is. What do you think? You feel good about that that show? I, I feel good. Again, I was looking for S.H.I.E.L.D. number 7, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. variant, because I don't have it, and it sounds like I missed it by about 20 minutes. Okay. If they did have oh, it. Oh, man. Wait, um, did you end up buying Secret Wars number 2? No, I did not buy Secret Wars number 2. Oh, I really think you should have. And that would have been the most expensive book I bought at 5 bucks. I, I know re- it's coming out in second print, though, the next week. Oh, okay. So that'd be a dollar off, and do I really need a first print? Uh, for heaven's sakes, Matt, I may vomit off you or something. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Here, let's have a quick other conversation. Hopefully this recording is going well. So I saw Edge of Spider-Verse issue number two. This is the first appearance of Spider-Gwen. <coughs> they were selling it for $60, 6-0. So I talked to the guy about it and said, I have this issue at home. Why is this one worth so much? He said, actually, it's went down since when it first came out. For whatever reason... This issue had a low print run, and so it's been hard to find, so it's kind of, like, good for sellers. However, uh, this is one of the issues that, well, all Marvel issues now have 
the digital codes. Not and, all. Oh, Three ninety nine and up. Okay. Uh, I tend to always just cash in the digital code immediately because I'm with you. Whatever. Why not? Right. As I'm reading it, basically, I immediately go to marvel.com and redeem that code so it the, the only ones I don't is I have some variants that I haven't re- taken out the code okay so like all my Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. variants all of them still have the code sticker in them so but except for this year's Secret Wars tie-ins I've uh, never actually read them either okay you were just buying them for the issues. I was just buying them for the covers, okay. and I wasn't reading them because I was picking them up in trade earlier. But now, since these are all Battle World issues, pretty yeah. much, I have been reading them because I wanted to actually read these. They've all been number ones in Battle. I've been Secret loving Wars. the Secret Wars issues. Every time I've read, it's been good. But oh, let me wrap up what I said about the digital code. So, uh, the person was telling another person there at the convention was telling me that when you redeem the digital codes, it does lower the value of the comic. It's as if you're ripping the comic a little bit on one of the pages. So, I guess it's not a huge deal, but, I don't know. Just something to think about if I, you guys I are out there. I think you can still get your money out of it. I kind of want to sell it. I mean, if it's worth 60 with the digital code, I wonder how much it's worth without it. Well, you heard it here first, time travelers. Matt Anderson selling a copy of Spider-Verse. $45 without <laughs> digital code. But, I mean... I'm, I'm not really a collector for long-term investment purposes, and I do usually just like to keep my comics in a box, and maybe someday my kids can read them, but if there's a comic right now worth 50 bucks or something that I mildly like and I have a digital version of, yeah, I'll sell it. I don't know, man. I, I saw a lot of wall books back there from my childhood that were selling for 40 on up that I kind of just have thrown in a plastic bin right at the moment. I know. It's crazy. I saw the first appearance of Ben Riley. The original Clone Saga story. It was only a two-parter, I believe. I saw it for only 30 bucks, and then I was really close to buying it, but I've never purchased a comic that expensive, ever. You know what I love? You know what dream was smashed for me today? I should say one individual comic. Obviously, I've spent that much. Yeah. But the, here's the dream that was smashed for me today. I've always, in the back of my mind, thought about getting the entire run of X-Factor. Yeah. The, the old original, you know, five X-Men all the way through yep. I did not realize that because of the first appearance of, Apoc- of Apocalypse that number 6 was like $90 oh, I saw it today and I was like uh, yeah that's never going to happen it's crazy so I don't know I, I feel good about it I think I, do, I don't I do like to spend this much money at one time the $53 or whatever I was at but in some ways it's an investment because every time I go to these shows I'm drawn to the what if area of the conventions or I mean of the long boxes as I'm digging through and I've already proven just a few months ago or last month that I'm willing to spend $8, $5 for some of these individual issues. So why not today knock out a bunch of them for $1 each? So now I'm saving money in the future. There it is. I think you're smart, man. Saving that cash. Yeah. I need to start making a list of what comics I own, I think. You might. I actually had to make a list of what Secret Avengers I had. I think I probably would have grabbed more Marvel team up today if I had a good list of what ones I have. You know what we should do? Now, the next convention I'm positive is coming to Minnesota is in October. So, another small one, I think, again, at our state fairgrounds. What if, between now and October, we make a goal to catalog every individual comic issue we own? No. I'm doing it. No, I have too many. I think it'd be fun. I'd I'd like to know what I own. Too, too many. How many long boxes do you have at home? Uh, I have three long boxes. No, sorry, Three short. short boxes. But I also have two giant bins from oh. my childhood. Man, that would be so fun to go through. You and me should get together sometime. I, I go through them all the time. Oh. 
Okay. But I recently, I went through and pulled out a bunch of West Coast Avengers and Suicide Squad. Why aren't they in like long boxes or short boxes? Because I want to read them and then put them in the short box. Oh, uh, that's an awesome idea. You know what? I'm doing this. Listeners, join me. If anybody wants to do kind of an organization thing, write me at feedback at comicbooktimemachine.com and we can talk about all the fun of organizing. I'm almost positive this will not be its own episode, so how should we sign off? Uh, I'm just thinking I've got five, at least five variants of uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. number one now. That's crazy. That, that is nuts. Uh, I think there's only one way we can sign off, Wait. just in case. Let me just say this. Before, you're talking about variant covers? I don't usually get sucked into the variant thing. I, I try not to. I know it's... Dude, you lied. You spent more than that because you got original Sin Zero. No, I said that. $2. Okay. All right. Um, I, yeah, I try to avoid the variant covers just because I know that it's the exact same thing. It's just a way for Marvel to trick us to spend more. But uh, for Secret Wars 3, I went to the comic shop, and I knew I'd already pre-ordered Secret Wars 3, and so I was going to get the regular cover. And so my way of justifying buying it early, if I really just want to get the info and read it and not be spoiled, is I have to look and find a variant. And there were two variants I loved. I couldn't pick between them. One was the action figure variant of Dr. Octopus. So... Secret Wars throughout this event they're doing a bunch of variant covers that are pictures but they look like an action figure yeah yeah, yeah. so I got that one but then there was also just like a kind of cool fighting one like where there's a bunch of heroes like tons of heroes on one cover and it kind of looked like it might be Michael Allred who's my favorite artist by the way Michael and Laura Allred work together I couldn't I'm not positive it was them but either way I couldn't decide between these two covers so I bought them both and so I actually own three versions of Secret Wars number three I'm embarrassed that's the only but you do all your Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ones this is the only time I've like doubled up so massively for no reason so alright go ahead take us home be safe kids make good choices Well, we're back. I'm here. Time has passed. We've each read one of our comics from the mystery bag that Ben got us. Once again, thank you, Ben. You're welcome. And thank you, Mr. Roboto, for this introduction. <laughs> Jeez. You're so formal. Daniel, well, like, so, Daniel, you're, you're on my case tonight. Come on. I said I was sorry that I was late. I'm sorry. All right, all right. Will, will you ever will Wait, you ever forgive me? You got me? a time machine. That's what I want to know. I, I I can't move on until I know Daniel's forgiving me. Daniel, are we are we good? I, we'll I know hug I'm, it out. I'm 30 minutes late to this recording. <laughs> all right, we're. I forgive you. Thank you. All right. Who wants to go? All first? I need to. Can we just, <laughs> you guys, can't we all just get along? <laughs> who should go all first? Right, who had who had bag number one? I think you did. I think you were one. one. It's been almost a week since we opened these bags. Yeah. I, I thought Ben had one. I got two. Matt had three. I think I, well, let's just go in that order. All right. Now, and, and so in my bag, I had those Ultraverse comics that I'd read before. And then I had a, an image comic called Union and IDW, A Fine and Private Place, which was written by Peter S. Beagle. Um, who's a novelist, and it's it's based on his novel that I have known nothing about, and that's the one I want to talk about. The Image comic, it's Image, and it was pretty much I, I did read it, and it felt like a, a an Image comic. But I want to talk about this fine and private place because it's really interesting to me. It's about a guy who lives in a cemetery, 
a raven that he can talk to and talks back to him, um, brings him food to his uh, mausoleum that he <laughs> has taken up residence in. He's alive, uh, but he can talk to dead people. Uh, people that are brought into the cemetery for a little while, they, they hang on to life. And it's basically, you know, they slowly start forgetting and start fading away and, and becoming less I, human, I guess. I'm not sure. And I'm not sure how many issues this series would have gone. Um, I'm assuming it'd be a limited series, just adapting the novel. I feel like I got a, actually like a, a small short story here because it goes through his, his kind of everyday life, you know, a day in the life of, and then there's a funeral procession that comes and the guy who died that's in the casket comes out of the, the grave and goes and starts talking to him. And he's kind of see through, he's faded and he can pass through things. And, um, and so they start have a, forming a relationship and, and then a woman comes, uh, who is visiting a grave and it, she, apparently they spent some time together cause they're playing chess together. He has to move the pieces for the dead guy. But, um, this woman comes and he starts talking with her and it's, it's another person. It's an actual person who's not going to fade away. And he, he mentioned earlier that he didn't like that they faded away. And, um, he almost leaves the cemetery with her, but he gets to the gate and he freezes and says, Oh, I lost my watch. And he turns around to go back and doesn't go with her. She leaves when, when he turns back around, she's completely gone. And the Raven is just kind of looking at him and you get the impression the Raven's actually the narrator here. And it kind of you get the impression the Raven doesn't approve of everything, but he's there to help. And there to, you know, he brings him food. He steals bologna from the local butcher. And then there's a next issue where it shows them uh, the cover apparently will have them playing chess or continue their chess game. It's interesting, though, because the dead guy is standing like in the stone bench that they have the chessboard set on. So like his legs have gone through it, uh, but he's standing on the ground. And I've always wondered, how is it that ghosts are able to walk through anything, but they can stand on solid ground? I don't know, buddy, but earlier today I read a comic when the ghost of Benjamin Franklin ate a sandwich. That sounds really exciting. Um, well, the thing the thing wanted to hit him, and he's like, you can't because I'm immaterial. But then he was eating a sandwich, so the thing just gave Ben a thump. <laughs> okay. The thing as in Ben Grimm? Yeah, absolutely. Ben Grimm versus Ben Franklin, huh? Absolutely. Interesting. Two superheroes defending Philadelphia. Very interesting. Um, yeah, so I, I liked it. The art style is very – it's pastel kind of coloring and realistic. But – and there's no action at all. It's just literally a guy eating bologna and then playing chess and talking. Like that's it. But I feel like I read a nice little – almost like a Twilight Zone Kind of thing, just a little character piece, though. No, no big twist ending or anything, but just a character piece. And uh, I'm not moved to go and get the rest of it, though. It, but yeah, it was a fun read. It was enjoyable. So, Daniel, what'd you read? Well, I read a little thing by Alan Moore, and I learned a lot. No, you didn't. okay, I didn't read it. It went straight to recycling. <laughs> Yeah, I've apologized for that. Uh, I just wanted to remind you, yeah. please don't send your friends that. So I decided, after much thinking, I read 
Star Trek number 42 by IDW. Behemoth. Part two of two, because I got tracked. And again, Ben, is have you ever done a Star Trek episode of Comic Book Time Machine? Nope. Yep, I've done two. Good for me. Written, written by Mark Johnson. Art by Cat Staggs. Basically, in this little tale, the crew of the Enterprise meets an alien. We find out later he's called the Hunter. He's been chasing a thing called the Behemoth. Guess what the Behemoth likes to eat? The lithium crystals and suns. So, of course, he tries to eat the lithium crystals of the uh, the Enterprise. They try to run from him. And then Hunter steals a shuttle, goes into it, and blows up Behemoth. Sounds like a doomsday machine. You guys don't sound overly excited, though. Sounds a lot like the doomsday machine. Yeah, it's not that exciting. But don't worry. Mason, our prize winner, it's going in your box. Enjoy. You know what got me excited about this episode, this issue? No. There's a preview of Star Trek and, the, and Planet of the Apes, and my comic was all, like, modern cast, Chris Pine cast. But, and I was a little disappointed. I wanted chat. I wanted the chat. But Star Trek versus Planet of the Apes, it had the chat. It did. It did. So, so do you think maybe I could beat you being a Planet of the Apes fan and a Star Trek fan to reviewing it first? Probably because I read the first issue and wasn't all that excited. Wow. You have no heart or soul. Probably not. Uh, I, read- I think that Star Trek doesn't translate as well to comics as Star Wars because oh. for me, Star Trek is really a lot more about the personalities of the actors bringing it to life. And maybe maybe you're onto something because Star Wars is horrible when there's no visual aspect. Yeah, absolutely. But a, a Star Trek novel I could read and enjoy um, because I'm bringing the characters to life in my head. But with a comic book, that's being done for you somewhat on the page. And, and I will admit this was all – it was totally all personality-driven. It was not overly exciting. I guess that brings us to you, Matt. Well, before we talk about my comic, I do want to say I read Star Trek Planet of the Apes crossover. Uh huh. I thought it was pretty good. I mean, it wasn't the best thing ever, but I thought it's the perfect. Well, okay. As crossovers go, it was a great idea, and I can't believe it had never been done before. So, so I recommend it to Planet of the Apes fans and Star Trek fans, sort of. What about me? Yeah, definitely to you, 100% to you. You recommended it to me who hated the first issue? Yeah, you should for sure. But one thing that I found interesting is that it's really from the perspective of the Star Trek team. The Planet of the Apes people are kind of the, you know, it's a planet they're going down to visit. So they're not necessarily the protagonists the way that Kirk, Spock, and the crew are. I'm My thing is, I guess I'm more, um, I'm more picky or nitpicky when it comes to crossovers because yeah, but, I don't want it to just be, I want it to be a story that could only be told with these characters in these situations. And I, I don't want it to feel like fan fiction where it's just like, Hey, you like this? So we're gonna put that in there. Hey, you like this? We're gonna put that in there. Hey, you like this? We're gonna put that in there. We're gonna make sure that we tell all the jokes that we, you know, like, uh, is the, uh, Star Trek X-Men crossover. Y- you know, there's some, it, it feels like they, they they almost did it just so they could have someone walk in the room and say Dr. McCoy and have both, you know, Hank McCoy and 
Bones McCoy say yes? It just... I feel like you and I are in a similar boat with our, with our love for the Planet of the Apes franchise. That's the reason I bought this, because I love Planet of the Apes. And so I feel like from that perspective, you have to check it out. And it's only five issues. And the okay. trade's probably like 10 bucks. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a second chance. Here, here's a- I, I have, within arm's length, I can touch right now, the complete animated series on DVD of Planet of the Apes. Exactly. You know, you know, I, know I just found I'm a big, big fan. I've watched the TV show. I own the TV show. I just found it. I knew I had bought it, but I thought I sold it at a used book slash video store, but I found it. I still own it. Yeah. Or, or Ben, you could take that money and buy Aquaman Sub Diego. I'm not sure about that one. I totally just bought it today. Have you? Does it? Do you? Does it feel like it's a complete story? I I haven't read it yet. Okay. All right. Well, let me know because that's the other thing. When I when I. I, I like having complete stories, although there aren't that many Aquaman graphic novels out there. And so I do have like the, the water bearer and I, that does not give you much closure. If I remember right, you know what needs closure this episode, Matt, <laughs> what'd you read? All right. Well, I read glory to God by Calvary comics. Now this was, it was close. I almost read profit from image, but I figured how can you say no to Jesus? You, you just can't. Well, Plenty. I said no to Alan Moore. Well, they're not the, quite the same. Alan Moore is not Jesus. I'll, I'll go well, there. You should ask him. So this was issue one of Glory to God by Calvary Comics. And uh, it was kind of a hodgepodge of different stories. So it opens up straight from the King James Version, the story of Jesus walking on water. But there's black and white uh, comic panels showing this story. And then no more Jesus after that. I get two pages of Jesus. And then it's all more uh, just Christians in history. <laughs> and so they maybe yeah. get two Tindle to stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they get two to five pages. So I won't tell you about each story, but I'll tell you the people in case you're interested. So as I flip through here, first I got the Jesus story. Then William Tyndale, who uh, put together the first English Bible, he gets his story. Quite a big chunk there, six pages maybe or so. Then there's a two-page spread no that's not, not two page spread it's two pages on how to be born again in case you're interested in that you can check that out then uh the next couple pages are about a guy whose name is where is it the guy who oh, yeah, horatio spafford he's the guy that wrote the hymn it is well with my soul you get a little bit of his story and how the the hymn came to be then there's two pages all about the rapture so if you want to find out about the rapture and what's going to happen it's right here. Then the most of the end of the book has to do with a preacher named Stephen Sabayala, who I'd never heard of before, but I got to read all about his life. And then the story wraps up, or the comic wraps up, with uh, basically just a monologue from this guy named Bert Clendenin, who started the School of Christ International. And basically it just talks about how that school got started and how it it's spread to how many different? 23 different countries. Uh, I could be wrong about that number, but it's all over the place, people. But I got to be honest, even as a Christian, this comic wasn't my favorite thing. I would probably, I don't know. Some stars were good. Some were not that fun. I think I might give this a two on enjoyment level. All black and white, no color. Come on. But I think this might be your friends, Ben, so I hate to be down. Yeah, it is my friends. There's a second issue 
uh, Glory to God issue number two is what we call it. Um, it's it's basically the same kind of thing. And like I said, he's he's someone who believes very strongly in telling true stories. And um, basically, I mean that that comic is is to say, okay, here's these inspiring stories about these inspiring people, or you know, here's this biblical concept, and um, he's very much in that school of thought of of Christian storytelling. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I, well, I, I'm supportive of Jesus and Christianity. I just didn't necessarily love this reading experience. But maybe it's maybe it would be it would speak to somebody who is new to their faith, or I don't know. Who do you think the audience is for this, Ben? I that's that's hard to tell. Um, I mean, he has the the thing in there about how to become uh, born again, which is for people who I think are I, I think the audience would be maybe someone who's looking. And, and interested, maybe someone who's new, and then someone who's just you know wants to be educated about different things from Christian history. I think that's that's our audience that you're looking for there. So yeah, so it's kind of like one of those things where it's like I'm kind of glad it exists, but I just don't know that I love it. <laughs> so yeah. Well, and you know it was in a, a brown paper bag in uh, a blind a blind bag sale so well, well clearly i got the winner here i think i got the winner yeah you did i actually enjoyed my my book not enough to seek out more but do you think i no. should have you think i should have read profit by image would that have been better that's what i would have read I, but just because i've i've heard about profit and i've never actually read it and i've i would have been curious enough to to check that out Hmm. Well, maybe next time. That's also because you know, three of these bags, out of three of these, I've read you know, one of one of the titles in, in, in two of them. So you're a big fan of Alan Moore. I'm not a big fan of Alan Moore. Yeah. Not the bag I was talking about. But So with all of our editing, is this the end of the episode? This is the end of the episode, so this is where we can actually say goodbye, play the end credit music, Matt. And, uh, yeah, I got that here. All right, and and we can go from there. Um, yeah, a little different, a little experimental. I like doing the, these things. Comic Time Machine gives us the opportunity to do some weird stuff, and, um, and in Daniel's case, we got some weird stuff. So, yeah. No, I think this is a great idea. That's right. Uh, I like Comic the- Time Machine, we're weird. I like the experiment. Fun stuff. I do too. I'd like to do it again, um, maybe with a different source. But I mean, the episode that just played, that that just aired, um, that we just dropped, the previous to this one was me doing another blind bag thing. So that was kind of fun. All right, Daniel, want to take us home? Be safe, kids. Make good choices. Still here. <laughs> All right, we got another podcast to record. All right, go ahead. I'll just stay here. Can I? I, I won't say too much, but I might chime in a few times. <laughs> That's not the way it works. I'll, no. I'll, I'll be real quiet, but then every now and then I'll be like, I don't think that. 
No. No, we've invited you on. But this is not one of those times. All right, I'm logging off. Goodbye. This is Matt Anderson signing off. I'll miss you, friends. Hello? Oh, yeah. Matt Anderson here, everybody. <coughs> that was a little... Maybe that's our post-credit. Was that too exciting? <laughs> it just kind of faded off. It was sound of start off really, really confident with that. Oh yeah, I'm Anderson, everybody. <laughs> um, I don't sorry. I really want to c- commit to the. It might have been Skype because over here was pretty exciting. Okay. All right. Uh, sorry about the miscommunication. That was totally my fault. Aren't you the one who suggested it? No, definitely Avery. <laughs> I did. Mm. All right, let's go. Let's go. Hey. Hey, buddy. I can't hear you yet. Happy 4th of July. Okay, now I can hear you. Happy 4th of July. Yeah, man. Tell me about it. What a treat it was to see you at the theater. It was crazy. That is kind of a weird coincidence, huh? Not at all awkward when I found out that you invited completely different people. Are you shredding <laughs> gifts that I sent you because you're mad? Yep. Oh, man. Out of anger. Uh, you got Here, let me stop shredding them. Do you have all of those? That's my last shred. Is $8 a good price for Secret Wars number two? No. That but is not a good find. It's variant. <laughs> You know how I feel about variants. It's the Nick Fury variant. Oh, the, the you know yes. how I feel about variants. What What do you think about variants, Ben? I need your help. I've been getting, right. I've been feeling like I've been a sucker for variants lately. Help, just talk me through it. Okay, here's my thoughts about a variant. It's extra money. If it doesn't cost extra, I don't have a problem with it. So, like you, you know, if they're all cover price, yeah, I'm gonna grab the cover that I like best. Yeah, but if it's if you're talking like a thirteen dollar cover. I have problems with that because you don't need that. You buy comics to read them. Unless, and this is my thing with, with Daniel that it's the name Fury cover. That um kind of I don't know if it helped or hindered, but um, you know, if you are looking at it as like this is like an art print or something that you're gonna want to display or something like that. Because Which, I won't I won't spend a hundred bucks on those Agents of Shield, but I will, thank goodness, spend six. And and because here's the thing for me anyway comics they get put in a box and so a variant cover doesn't do anything for me in a box you know like spending the extra money just to have the the thing you know in a box Daniel, but if i was gonna frame it or something yeah, which i might someday do it. that's what i'm thinking Daniel, you should make a shield display that'd be sweet someday i might that's why i have them 